hello hi welcome back thank you you're welcome <laughs> um to midwest madness a true crime cryptid conspiracies and cults podcast you said it out of order and it really threw me <laughs> i know it did i didn't like it sorry i'm emily. i didn't know there was a specific order that we had to say it in my bad i'm emily and i'm danielle and i told the story of Dwayne Pope last week. Yes. And you're, you, well, first, you want to talk about something. So, yeah. So, let's, let's get into it. If you follow us on Instagram, I don't know if it went on the Facebook. Do you know? I don't think it went on the Facebook group. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I don't remember specifically I don't even, posting. Didn't even see it on Instagram. I just posted like a picture of like the, I went to this conference thing. Um, with my uncle um, called Haunted America, I think is what it was called. And it was like this two-day conference, two and a half day, whatever, um, where like we talked about or we like had panelists and there is like conversations about like the paranormal and cryptids and um, like Ouija boards and um, sex workers and and ghosts and like why are so many alleged ghosts of sex workers hanging around and I actually bought a book about it because mm. it was her talk was super interesting I bought two of her books um, one of them I got signed for me and the other one I just got signed. So oh, if we want to do a giveaway. Right. I remember you saying this. I have that and I have a pair of really cute little Bigfoot earrings that I thought were really fun. But we can talk about that later. But I just want to like mention that we did this thing and it was in Alton, Illinois. Um, we went to uh, the McPike Mansion. This was uh, me and my uncle, our uncle Tommy. Yep. Um, and we like may have had a rock thrown at us downstairs tommy says no i say maybe he thinks that a piece of the ceiling that was brick like fell and like hit a chair and bounced but like the chairs were those like really cheap plastic chairs Mm -hmm. and those have a really distinctive sound when they're hit it's like a obviously very plasticky sound and this did not sound like that to me and then he was like well you probably threw a rock and i was like i absolutely did not throw a rock yeah, you probably you threw a rock not be that type of person no i to do re- that. thank you <laughs> he made me like big mad he's like no you probably i was like i don't know how to make you understand <laughs> that it wasn't me except for to say i swear on grandma and grandpa that it wasn't me and he was like "Ooh," and i was like yeah wasn't me <laughs> um so we did that and then we went to um this like bus tour that like went around the do you have to sneeze no my foot is oh <laughs> um we went and did this bus tour that went around the city and they told like different stories and like um we went into one of the hideouts of um the underground railroad and stuff like that and just kind of like went around the town and heard all the stories mm-hmm. so this is relevant okay my story uh, involves alton illinois and it is a request from Uncle Tom. Oh. So, um, this, like, the whole conference thing was really cool. This doesn't have anything to do with the conference, but, like, Did I they talk to... about it at all? No, they didn't. Okay. No. Um, because it didn't actually happen in Alton. 
Is the person from Alton? Yes. Okay. He was born and raised there, went to high school there. Um, I think he met his first wife there. But um, Tommy and I were having dinner at like this little Italian restaurant and he was like... Yum. Oh my God. Yeah, it was delicious. He was like, you should do a story from here. And I was like, yeah, I'll have to look into it. And then he immediately looked into it and was like, here you go. <laughs> so um, what this guy. is... What? So what a good guy. I know, right? <laughs> Help me find a topic. Um, so this is the story of Barbara Anderson. And your face tells me you've never heard of it, which I hadn't either. And I never would have had I not gone to Alton. So um, we're going to start with Jesse Anderson, who was born in Alton, Illinois, on... May 3rd, 1957, um, when he was a teenager, his dad died of a heart attack. And after Jesse graduated from Alton High School in 1975, he married his first wife, Deborah Ann Eckert. Um, they ended up getting divorced after four years of marriage. In 1985, a year after his divorce, he married his second wife, Barbara Lynch. Um, and then they moved to Cedarburg, Wisconsin and had three kids. So on the night of April 21st, 1992, Barbara and Jesse go to a movie and then to dinner at a TGI Fridays outside of Northridge Mall in Milwaukee. I did not look up if this was still a mall. I don't, I gotta, sorry, adjust. I'm looking away from you and it's awkward. Oh. <laughs> Um, so when they go to the parking lot of the mall, Barbara and Jesse are attacked. Um, Barbara is stabbed five times in the face and head and Jesse was stabbed four times in the chest. Um, Jesse and Barbara are both brought to the hospital where Barbara is in a coma and unfortunately dies two days later from her injuries. Jesse, um, is more fortunate and survives the attack. How many, so she was stabbed... Uh, she was stabbed five times in the face and head, and, and he... Jesse was stabbed four times in the chest. Okay. Um, Jesse tells police that two African-American men attacked them. He even gives police an L.A. Clippers hat that he'd said he'd knocked off the head of one of the attackers. Police had also found a red-handled hunting knife at the scene that is covered in blood. So, of course, like, the police release information about the crime um, a couple days later. And surprise, surprise, um, a university student in the area contacts police with a tip. He sold the hat to Jesse a few days before the crime had happened, before the attack happened. I kind of figured that that's what this was going. Yeah. I just, that's why I wanted to know where he was stabbed. Yeah. And how many times. Yeah. So his stab wounds were unsurprisingly superficial. superficial. Um, and unsurprisingly, his wives were not. It's and as you know, happens, right? stabbing tends to be a very personal crime. So usually if you're stabbed multiple times, it's not a stranger. Usually. Um, so then police look into the knife that was found at the scene and they found that the knife was only... St- um, sold at one store in Milwaukee, um, a military surplus store, and police find that Jesse had bought the knife a few weeks earlier. 
So um, the attack was on April 21st. On April 29th, Jesse Anderson was charged with murder. He was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 60 years. But. I was going to say, that can't be your whole story. This is not where the story ends. Okay. No. On November 28th, 1994, Jesse Anderson, who was at Columbia Correctional Institution in Wisconsin, and two other inmates, Christopher Scarver. Do they escape? And Jeffrey Dahmer. No. Were left alone while cleaning a restroom. Jeffrey Dahmer escaped jail. Did I say that or did you say that? <laughs> I'm confused. So they're. Oh, wait, he did, right? I did the story. I should know this. <laughs> So, before we go any further into that, since we know both Jeffrey Dahmer and Jesse Anderson, I wanted to give you a little background on Christopher Scarver. Christopher Scarver was from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and was the second oldest of five children. He dropped out of high school in the 11th grade and went to work as a trainee carpenter at Wisconsin Conservation Corps Job Program. I don't really know what that is, but it feels like a government program where they, like, go to different places in Wisconsin to, like, keep things from falling apart. So, like, they'd go to, like, Fort Sumter here in Minnesota and, like, do work there. Yeah, yeah. I get what I know what you're saying. Okay. Um, His supervisor was a man named Edward Patz, and he told Christopher that if he completed the program, he would be hired on full-time. But Edward was dismissed, so that promise was never followed through with. And without a job, Christopher's mom was forced to kick him out of the house. On June 1st, 1990, Christopher went to the Wisconsin Conservation Court Training Program Office and found Steve Lohman, the man who replaced Edward, and demanded money from him. When all that Steve gave him was $15, Christopher shot him once in the head, killing him. Then Christopher demanded money from the site manager, John Fayen. John told authorities that Christopher said, quote, do you think I'm kidding? I need more money, end quote, before shooting Steve's body twice more. John was able to write Christopher a check for $3,000. So um, when he shot Steve's body, Steve like died instantly. So he just was like, right. you know, making a point. Um. And so Christopher was um, sentenced to life in prison for the murder of of Steve. So um, what I'm hearing is these are just three stand-up guys. Yeah. So. Who should be left unsupervised. Absolutely. Right. No problems there. Very trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So now we're back in Columbia Correctional Institution with Jesse, Jeffrey, and Christopher who is an African-American man, which is important. Okay. Um, it was reported that he was, quote, disgusted, <clears throat> sorry, disgusted by Dahmer's crimes against black people, end quote. And it was also suggested that he was unhappy with how Jesse tried to frame two non-existent African-American men for Barbara's murder and his stabbing. Makes sense. Which I can understand. I would not be pleased with that either. Right. Um... Christopher, oh, hold on. Oh, no, I need that in a different spot. Sorry. I will come back to that in a minute. Um, okay, so they're cleaning this bathroom, 
It is the gymnasium bathroom. So there's like a gym, you know, there's whatever. Basketball equipment, lift, weightlifting equipment, stuff like that. Um, there's some sort of confrontation between the three men while unattended in the bathroom. And Christopher follows Dahmer into the locker room where he bashes Dahmer in the head. Um, Dahmer died within the next hour or so. Then I feel like I did a really bad job on this Jeffrey Dahmer story because I don't think I mentioned this at all. Um, then he, um, okay, sorry. He tracks down Jesse Anderson and beats him in the head as well. In my sources, I found two different items that have maybe been used to attack the two men. One source said that it was a broomstick and the other source said that it was like the metal bar that you have like the, the big weights on yeah, for yeah. bench pressing. Yeah. That's they said heavy was, though. But they can be anywhere from like 25 to 45 to 50 pounds. Like still, but imagine like swinging that around. Yeah. I don't know. Um, And then it. my source also said that like um, they weren't sure if the, he attacked them from the front or the back because he was the same height as them so they feel like he had to have come from behind but they don't know um why didn't they just ask i don't know i don't know so like i said um jeffrey dahmer died within like two hours of this attack i mean you don't feel bad no about it no i don't think any of us should um, and then Jesse also died from the attack, but much like the wife that he had murdered, Jesse didn't die until two days later when police or when doctors pulled the plug after pronouncing Jesse brain dead. I was going to say he was probably brain dead. He was. Yeah. Um, huh. A private detective. So who, they didn't escape. <laughs> no, they did not escape. Clearly. Um, and I think I feel like you're thinking of Bundy. Did he escape? Yeah. Bundy know. escaped. Bundy jumped out of a window. I feel like there's been a lot at the courthouse. of escapees lately. Just in general. God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. A private detective who was working with Jesse to, like, clear his name because he, he didn't plead guilty, even though, duh. Not like you did a great job hiding your crime. No. Um, not at all. He was working with him and his name was Norbert and he told reporters that Jesse was worried that he was going to die in prison saying, quote, Norb, I'm always looking over my shoulder. If they come at me from the front, I know I can defend myself, but you never know when some guy is going to go loony End quote. And the reason that Jesse was sure he could defend himself was because he was a brown belt in karate. So that's why police are like, we don't know. It's like a brown belt, like good or something. Um, I think the next step up is black. black. I don't know. I'll do. You, mm, you're gonna look? Yeah. Uh, serious. I need my hand, please. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I was never into karate. No, I don't think any of us did karate. Did we? No. I did self defense in college, which was dope as hell. But yes, so it goes. Um, White. White, yellow, orange, blue, purple, purple stripe, green, green stripe, red, red stripe, brown, brown stripe, black. Damn, there's a lot more than I was expecting. I, yeah, I know, me too. So they, he was like 
two down from being a black belt. So, okay. Um, but like, yeah. Do you think this Christopher guy knew that? Or do you think it was just lucky that he attacked him from behind? Um, actually, police said that there was, or like the uh, Columbia County Sheriff said that it did look like Jesse had fought with his attacker. Mm. So I don't think, I think Dahmer went down a lot easier than Anderson, Jesse did. Okay. Um. Let's see. And then um, Christopher pled uh, an insanity defense at his 1994 trial for the murders of the two men. Um, he told a psychiatrist, quote, nothing white people do is just, end quote. But according to one of my sources in 2015, um, Christopher disputed this statement that he said he never said it. So. Okay. <coughs> Sorry, I don't know. I always get so, like, dry when i do mine um so yeah that's pretty much the whole story so the only reason i knew about it was because tommy and i went to alton alton and he was like you should do a podcast story this was the time that he he had texted you and said that he talked to the organizer of the oh, thing oh yeah and that he I wanted us to do that. he wanted us to do a, a, a live, live show i was like <laughs> So that he was, was like, a she's going to freak out. Yeah, oh, it was. God. I was like, she's I just a- was going to let it go. And I was like, she's going to freak out. She's going to be like, what? <laughs> Never went anywhere. Not that I would really mind. But I would totally do a live. I think it'd be fun. I don't know how it would work. But that's besides the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to get into No, we really don't. But if people want us to do one. <laughs> At the Minnesota State Fair. <laughs> what? <laughs> No one would come. It's fine. The state fair is for eating and eating. I will get you all the snacks you want if we do a live there ever. Tempting offer. Um. Well, I don't. Uh, it, that story didn't make me. It made me sad for poor Barbara. But yeah, right. And and their kids who I found zero information about, but probably for the best. Yeah, like I don't even know what their ages were or anything. Probably pretty young. Um, and obviously, fuck Jeffrey Dahmer. So honestly, and not that like not that like Christopher is a good person either. No, yeah, Christopher sucks too. Poor Steve. Yeah, right. That's terrible. Also, like, what was your plan there to? get money and i have no idea it just doesn't make sense yeah no very senseless yep i would agree so um my sources were wikipedia for both jesse anderson and christopher scarver and then the chicago tribune awesome um socials are mw madness podcast on instagram and gmail and then midwest madness podcast the group on facebook nicely done thank you um cool if you guys have any other suggestions yep please let us know we love them um and we will talk to you next tuesday bye